0: Sometimes people dismiss ideas that come to them as far as like what they can do. They just be like, oh man, I, I, I braid hair really good. Or I just I have a, a good n- a knowledge about cars. Like we have to use those things of service. And I think people who understand that move forward in that. And I think other people who don't, these people become bitter later on because that voice uh, their gift or the thing they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. it haunts them. Mm-hmm. And as opposed to addressing the inner voice that haunts them, they'd rather, they rather sound it out yep. by talking about other people. So mm-hmm. sometimes when people are so busy talking, they can't hear themselves. And I think it's important that people take time to hear themselves because that being, that thing that you're supposed to do, I don't think it ever really goes away. But that's also how people can identify what it is that they're supposed to do. Because when you're supposed to do something, when you're not doing it, like it still calls you. Somewhere back here, you have a job, even a job making solid money, and but there's a thing in, I'm pointing here in the back of the yes. mind, but it's really, it's like in the heart, and it will call you. But the people who choose not to listen, they become people that could have been, should have been, would have been, and they become very bitter. Turn it up a little laugh put yourself, put yourself on. What
1: does that mean? how
0: to guide to All right, turn, up, I party, turn up right
1: now that's cool Thank you All my, my I don't
0: dance now, I make money move. This is
1: where it's at. What's up, world? It's your girl, Bobby Penn, and this is another episode of the Put Yourself On Podcast. Today, I have a special guest. I have actor, comedian, motivational speaker, educator, London Brown. How are you today, brother?
0: Everything is everything. How are you? I'm great. You look great. I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't want to mess up your your interview looking uh, tacky. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, so I try to be here together.
1: No worries. So tell me, London, we know you from Ballers. You've got some really amazing things coming up. How did you get your start in acting and in entertainment?
0: I think the first start, it happened, uh, well, I was always comfortable being on stage. But as far as the bug that people talk about, uh happened in high school. And uh, throughout high school, I was torn during theater, and I realized that this was something that I want to do uh, for a living. So that was kind of the the, the, the grind of it. As far as having, uh, as far as the, the, if people want to call the break, I did a showcase. Um, I did a showcase and I got, I landed my first agent. And then when I landed my first agent, I booked my first TV show called The Hustle on Fuse. After that, uh, or in the middle of that, I was touring with Chris Tucker as his opener doing stand-up. So I'm doing stand-up and acting at the same time. And um, my agents at the time, they wanted me to do a beer commercial, an international beer commercial. I didn't want to do that. They made a big fuss about it. Um, but that that uh, relationship ended when they told me, they said, Yo, London, you should be lucky. We even want to represent you so i had to get out of that exactly i had to get out of that they didn't get it they didn't, they didn't understand so now i have a i have a show that's that's on tv uh my tour with chris tucker is about to end and we're now like in 2014 i have 28 dollars in my account and i'm teaching uh this particular time i'm teaching an after school program everything i owned was in my mother's garage and i had a, a a nissan ultima so now i'm i'm strictly on the grind no no representation at all i get a call someone says that yo hbo is looking for you have you auditioned for ballers i was like nah so they send my information over um hbo sent over sides Sides for the viewers is basically pieces of the script and so uh it, it, it it's not. It's, it's really, just, you know, like I said, scenes of the script, but I don't they call them sides. So they sent the sides over. I was uh, made sure I was very prepared for the audition. At the time, I was also working as a choreographer, so I was choreographing a project. So I had no voice, uh, little no voice because I had no sleep because I was just, I was just trying to
1: grind. do whatever
0: I do yeah. to as a grind. So I was just like. Teaching after school problems, choreographing levels, was whatever. So, um, but they they were able to get enough from me during the audition to give me a callback audition. So I went. I did the first audition. The next audition was with uh, the producers and the writers. I knew that this was a good uh, sign. Anytime as an actor, you get a callback. The callback to get a callback is already a great sign. But to get a callback uh for the producers and the directors, you know that they're considering you. Yeah. Uh the character was supposed to be a heavy set character. Uh I'm not heavy set at all, but uh through several auditions they liked what I was able to bring to uh the character. And uh I was only supposed to be maybe an episode or two. Wow. after the audition they said hey we would like to offer you to be one of li- the the stars on the show, uh, can you move to Miami? And, um, that's kind of how the, the, uh, that season went of the show, or those seasons went of the show. Um, so that's kind of, that's roughly my start. And then anything else after that, I don't really, I can't take credit for other than just making sure that I was very prepared for the projects. But, um, I had an audition for a project uh while working on ballers everything has been uh blessingly yeah. has been uh you know has been offered you know well, I mean, um,
1: work in the beginning sounds like it's paying off
0: yeah that's what that's what people i think people don't my angelo has this this quote about you know people see the glory but and I'm paraphrasing see the glory but they don't know the story and I think that people don't know that I did several years of free theater, uh, a, a bunch of free projects. Like my foundation is in is in theater, as far as uh. So by the time that these auditions and things and things like ballers came along, I was I had been trained already. You know what I mean? I know a lot, but a lot of people just had gotten the first time their first introduction to me was ballers. So it was like oh. You know, oh, he just landed the Lee rope, but I have been so on see i't had, I't had doing the groundwork early, early early on I'm telling you man i have been staying with friends and 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 really doing the theater hustle-, hustle for a long time so um, and just so many uh so many interesting up and downs throughout this thing because people just see ballers and they think that you know um. You, you landed his show. It's HBO. You're a star on the show. and you're, you're across from the biggest actor. I
1: have and so many questions
0: about that, too. I know <laughs> don't, people don't, don't know what the hustle is, but that's why um, I enjoy these interviews because I, I need people to understand what the real grind is Yeah, and the, the ups and downs of that. So uh, that's kind of I don't want to be verbose, but that's kind of the the gist of it.
1: No, that that was great. Um, and it just, it leads me back to an early interview I saw of you. Um, I believe you were, it seemed like at least you were sort of gaining your confidence um, in stand-up in LA. So I didn't make it to hear that you did go on tour with Chris Tucker. So what was that experience like going from, like you said, doing the theater, free theater and doing the stand-up grind and doing side work, like teaching and things that aren't exactly your passion just to get by. What did it feel like to like finally get that break that felt like you were on the way? And then of course I'm gonna ask you about ballers, but just that first sort of touch of like, oh man, like
0: so basically what what uh, what that was was um I went to go support a good friend of mine that's doing stand-up. Shout out to Brandon Lewis from Atlanta. I went to go support him because it was the first time doing the Improv Comedy Club in LA or here in Hollywood. And just um, trying to be a good friend, give him some energy because that room—the room is a hard room to do, meaning they make you work for the last. And um, I had done it a couple of times, and uh, I just know what it's like. We, want, we need support, but I'm not. Uh, I don't I'm not necessarily into the social scene of the comedy clubs so I I, I go support my friend and then uh the owner of the club said yo man you, you always leave and you should just hang out Chris Tucker is here I said well I had a chance to meet Chris Tucker maybe a few a year ago or a few months ago I said I I'm trying to I'm not into all of that so I said yo I met him I spoke Sitting on me, you should hang out. And I kept trying to leave. I tried to leave that club maybe like three times. And then uh I walked back in the club and the host at the time, D-Ray Davis. Yeah. Out of Chicago. D-Ray said, Yo, man, it's Chris Tucker Senior set. And I said, No, he hasn't seen me perform yet. He said, you know, let me we, he should see you. So he tells Chris Tucker, he says, Chris Tucker, London is he, he enjoys your work. And then Chris Hector says, yo, well, uh, London, why don't you come on stage? So I go on stage. Well, actually, D-Ray pushes me on stage. I go <laughs> on stage, and I do whatever five minutes I had at the time. And um, after the show, I did. I had a good set. Uh, people liked it because I had this impersonation, I think, of him at the time. Um, so we exchanged numbers. And he... Um, See, I got a couple of dates for you, and I started, you know, touring with him. But what's wild is that I think again, it's just part of the hustle of just planting your seeds and making sure that you water them properly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And because otherwise, I, just being just being talented or gifted in my basement isn't enough. Like I think once people understand that. Our gifts are not for us, you know, and it's understanding that idea is what makes me go so hard about exhausting the possibilities of the things that uh, I think that come to me or that seem to be in my proclivity already. It's not, it's like people feel, I think sometimes people dismiss ideas that Come to them um, as far as like what they can do. They just be like, "Oh man, I I, I braid hair really good," or "I just I you know uh, I you know I'm, I have a, a good knowledge about cars." Like we have to use those things of service, and I think people who understand that uh, move forward in that. And I think other people who don't, these people become bitter later on because that voice of their gift or the thing they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. it haunts them Mm -hmm. and as opposed to addressing the inner voice that haunts them they rather they rather sound it out by yelling and hating yelling but but by talking about other people so Mm -hmm. sometimes when people are so busy talking they can't hear themselves and i think it's important that people take time to hear themselves because that thing that thing that you're supposed to do, I don't think it ever really goes away. But that's also how people can identify what it is that they're supposed to do. Because when you're supposed to do something, when you're not doing it like it still calls you. Somewhere back here, you have a job even a job making solid money and but there's a thing in, I'm pointing here in the back of the yes. mind, but it's really it's like in the heart, and yes. it will call you. But the people who choose not to listen, they become people that could have been, should have been, would have been, and they become very bitter on the inside. And it, and again, this is why, and I share, I've shared this a few times, but this is why, when people, when they have birthdays. 're very uh they're in a low space uh energy wise they're depressed they're down because their birthday represents another year of not doing the so thing that do, yes not
1: mm-hmm.
0: being not in a purpose not being progressive so it reminds them like man I'm getting older. I should have it's just it's the downer but people who are doing the thing that they love to do we we can't I just had a birthday on the 14th. I was cool, man. I, I didn't do nothing. I stayed, I was in, I, uh, I, I went to feed the homeless, I did some work, a couple Zoom interviews, it's like this. I'm cool because my life is now, uh, is filled and I, there's a certain balance of ebullience in me for pursuing the thing that I enjoy to you know, doing the most and that's just, you know, really being an artist.
1: It sounds like giving back has been a huge part of your journey, though. Um, I was going to focus more on the acting, but I do want you to touch on how education was something that you gravitated towards. Like, I wouldn't necessarily make that connection. So,
0: You know, I mean, it's all, well, I like, was studying, it's just, it depends on how, how bad people want what it is they say they want. So for me, I just believe in always trying to do something every day that keeps me very progressive. Uh, even minute to grandiose that again, it puts me closer to the target things that don't line up with the goal. uh, We have to learn how we have to have the discipline to negate those things because they'll pull us out of focus. And so for me, you know, uh, just always being a student of uh, studying, uh, and and that don't mean necessarily always uh, in acting classes. Sometimes that's just pulling up a documentary for the day, of and figuring out. I go sometimes I'll Google uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, and I just want to see the story. Not we understand he's a champion now, and we understand that. Sometimes you come off very self-aggrandizing with all the the, the money and everything and, the, and the, the private jets. But what people do have to respect is that there's a different kind of work ethic that it takes to be a champion. And there's a common language that champions speak. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Floyd Mayweather, Ali, the Will Smith, the Denzels. Yeah. There's a language of passion and uh, work ethic and discipline and focus that these guys have. And I, I hope to also, you know, be able to speak that language. And so when it comes to things like, as you mentioned, uh, giving back or giving, I realized that the best way to keep my heart in check is to give. Like you can't be selfish and giving at the same time. Yeah. And so how very easily it I could get caught up in thinking that uh I'm I'm doing something, you know what I mean? Or even more so, I don't necessarily feel that way because my bar is very high. Like even though I tour with Chris Tucker and my comedian friends like, yo, you don't tour with Chris Tucker and my family. But it's perspective. I'm aware that it's still Chris Tucker's tour. It's not my tour. So I'm playing my job. When I would tour with him, if he wanted me to cut his hair, I would cut his hair. If he was working out and I had to hold the camera, sure, I can do a little videography and, and, and get that or punch it up, whatever it is. I don't know, whatever he needed me to do. I remember one time, I, one time he asked me to drive and um I didn't realize until after the fact he was off the he was in in the in the valley somewhere, and we had to go meet at a go visit some club in L.A. It was like four in the evening. He didn't feel like driving, but I didn't know that. I was like, "Oh man, Chris had, Chris Tucker asked me to drive. I right, like I'm driving the range, you know." <laughs> but he, I drove because he didn't feel like driving. But my point is, is that sometimes you got to know what your role is within your season. Mm. You know what I mean? I wasn't wasn't supposed to be the headliner. I was supposed to learn and be a student of him, whatever that was, you know? Mm. And so then when it was my time to be in that position, I was able to bring my buddy along and have him open up or, or feature work with me. But I had to learn what it was to be not necessarily what Chris Tucker did on stage, but off stage. The fact that Chris didn't have to bring me on tour, you know, we met in the club one night and after that, it was just like, yo, a phone, a phone call. And, you know, then we started working together as a family and it's cool. But the point is, is that sometimes I think that people have to understand again, what their role is within their season. So, and, To tie this back to the giving, in order to keep my heart in check from these things that people consider to be successes, giving is a good way to do that because it reminds me of that I too can be a, a, a project or check away from being homeless. Or right now, we're all in quarantine. I know that there are some people who have lost their home or they're on the streets now because of a situation that we didn't even know was going to happen. Yeah. They, were, they, had locked, they had locked in solid jobs. This was something that that, that affected black, white, and whomever. Of were, no part of their own. Yeah. We, we, we all, it just said, boom, we here. So now what? And so for me, I don't ever want to forget that when my mother would take in people and let them live with us. Or cutting hair in rehabilitation homes as early as thirteen. So there's a connection that I have with uh, with people, and I know that they feel me because there's the there's a groundedness. But I don't ever want to lose that, and it's the same way not to bring this enemy down. But when I lost my brother in 2015, you know, people suggest you know um, therapy and things like that. But there's a part of me on a professional side as an an artist, but also as a human side, I want to not necessarily learn how to deal with the loss of my brother. There's a part of that that keeps me very connected to people and being able to feel some empathy Mm -hmm. uh, for people. Because of him, you know, I'm a lot more sensitive to... Uh, the care and needs of other people because I think about naturally how do I want to be remembered if anything happens to me did did I give enough was I kind enough uh did I work did I work my craft enough and so if I can do some of those things then uh it helps me to stay very connected to people and to to be very grounded that
1: is beautiful like
0: I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a different oh, about this
1: stuff. No, I love it. I mean, the beauty of these interviews, you kind of don't know what you're going to get. Um, I knew you were going to have things to say, and I knew you had a story, but I didn't expect this. So I'm grateful. It's welcome. This is exactly what the Put Yourself on podcast represents and stands for, and I cannot wait to share these gems, because you are putting us on. But I do want to ask you, what was it like on set of ballers? You're there with Dwayne. Uh, why can't I think his last name? I was about to say Dwayne Wade. John. Yeah, yeah, The Rock, okay. But right. <laughs> You with the biggest names of Hollywood. You, like you said, um, when you were auditioning, you were just grateful to have a part. Now you're one of the lead, you know, actors. Tell me about that experience. What was that like? What are some um, gems that you picked up from that experience?
0: I think um, one thing I got from working with Dwayne was um, I remember one night I was living at the living in Miami. We're filming, uh, maybe season two, and um, I got up to get some water, or something like that. And I noticed that Dwayne was in the gym. Our call time on set was something early, is like six, and he was in the gym at like four, and I was like, man, I, I just decided that I was gonna do that um, before I before I make it to set. I hit the gym you know as a discipline um and so those little things again this goes back to what I mentioned earlier just I want to be a part of that discussion of people who speak the same language but mm-hmm. uh, uh, winners you know and I noticed that I say yo that's a that's a discipline He don't have to do that but the fact that he decides decides to do that um you know he's very kind and I think his energy on set created a temperament uh, throughout the production because he could have been one of those – he could have been the diva and had nobody looking to, you know, walk next to him, not take pictures or whatever. But since he was so cool, it created an atmosphere for the rest of us um, to also be the same way. I mean, but not that anybody wants to go against that. And everybody was cool. Uh, HBO is still one of the best uh, – networks to work for and, and the people because everybody just gets it. Yeah. I've done, I went through some projects where the budget was not even hardly close to HBO and you know, I try to make it a point to speak to everybody every day and uh, I'm on set sometimes and people people don't speak, people you know, or as we say, people act it funny, yeah. you know and and I don't ever want to be that way. That's so I make big. How, make how it do you
1: work in an environment like that where you don't even, you can't get along with your co you know,
0: It's just one of those things where, it, the thing about it is, I'm into uh, human behavior. And, and as I read and I study it, what I realize is that a lot of times people, uh, there are a lot of insecure people walking around and, and these egos and everything else that's coming through. But if you understand behavior if you understand ego then it doesn't necessarily offend you because the thing like ego it's just it's just knowing how to let people exist in their own space so if you understand how to let people be that it's only a problem when you decide to raise your ego to confront their ego i don't feel that way i don't feel funny around other people i don't i'm i'm not intimidated by other people in that in in that capacity so i let people be whatever it is they think they're trying to be and uh i'm comfortable being me and when you when you have a cast of people who are able to function in their own space while working together which is almost like an oxymoron but it allows for great chemistry so it's never an ego thing on set with trying to figure out who's going going to get the light or who's fighting for Dwayne's attention, anything silly like that. Everyone is cool. Everyone comes to work uh, as professionals, and we get the job done. So I try to take that idea or ideology into the real world, which is let people do whatever it is they want to do um, and let them be over there. If they're cool, we'll connect, but if they're uncomfortable, with who they are, then it's it's always it's usually some sort of like there's a disconnect. Yeah. Uh, but I but I understand that with people, so sometimes I help them to find themselves and get to a point where I help them to recognize like, yo, that's that's a weak trait. So let's let me do something to help uh, empower you, so you don't have to feel threatened by me because I don't feel that way. Yeah. That's that's not my style. But again, this goes back to giving, though. If I, by helping other people, it helps the situation not be about me. This goes back to even when you first came on, you're talking about the way I'm dressed. But honestly, that also, just being, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best dresser or anything, but being. T- well kept or together allows the other person that I may be interacting with to be comfortable. It disarms them. And I want to disarm them in the sense that I want them to be comfortable so that we can connect. And that's all, that's my goal is to connect with people on a very solid level Forget I was on ballers and forget you're, you know, you're a great host of your show and everything. Let's just connect on a human level. No egos. Now we can we can build. That's what, and that's what I'll be trying to be on. I f- I
1: feel that and I value that. And I, I definitely this conversation absolutely demonstrates that. So I'm grateful to have this exchange with you. Um with that said, what do you think has been I feel like you touched on it several times. Let me see how I can word this question. What's something you know now that you wish you knew? The first time you stepped on stage in high school, the first time you realized you had a talent, what's something you wish you knew then? Some advice you would give yourself.
0: Man, some advice I would give myself. I wish I would have even started sooner mm-hmm. because your life changes when you're doing the thing that you're supposed to do. Your whole perspective. Uh, and so I, I wish... But, but that's why it was important for me to be... To become a teacher because... I know that young people, especially where I come from, South Central LA, we were back back then, even maybe it's a little different now because of social media, but nobody told you that you can we we it was a, a lawyer, teacher, doctor, fireman, was kind of like the, the ideal or an athlete was kinda like the ideal five things to be. And so I wish somebody would have told me like, yo, London. Uh, you know, those pictures that you enjoy looking at in the hallway, you can take those or those shoes that you, you really enjoy. You can design those, whatever the thing is. Nobody told me that I could be anything I wanted to be, you know what I mean? And so if I can hope, hopefully create that sort of energy within other people, you know, That would be the thing because that's the thing that now looking back, I I wish some I wish someone really knew how because you know, people say, uh, we say, was it bricks and stones or six and stones? May
1: but words may never hurt me.
0: That's that's not that's not honest, that's not true. Words are very, uh, very powerful, and I think that. That's why I try not to waste words. Words, I think, can definitely create life and, and inspiration and things like that. And so that's why when we listen to a song, uh, whether the influence is positive or negative, we have to understand how words do that. Like when we want, when we go on out, there's a certain music we play. You know what I mean? Or when yeah. we try to do a zone of inspiration or we want to zone in or we got a, a road trip. We select certain songs because they evoke emotion. Because words are powerful. That's why I'm totally against the idea when people say that they can't get emotion through text. They say, you know, hey, I want to call because I can't I can't feel any emotion through words. I'm like, don't say that you can't feel the emotions through words, but be honest and say that you don't know how to articulate that because through text. I can convey whatever energy I want to convey, but it's understanding—it's understanding the magnitude uh, of words. And yeah. so, this is to say that, to your question, at this point now, if if I if there's anything that I can go back and like tell my younger self, it would be like, "Yo, I know you know things look like this, and it's this the situation you're in." and but hey you can do it you can do it forget fear start now read now think about it people like lil wayne lil wayne beyonce have people around them that understood this idea that's yeah. why they. and not that it's, about, it's not about the money i'm not saying that but this is why or just on the on a tangible surface level these people were in their professions early. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody was drilling them and saying, yo, you get into the, let's work on these vocal lessons. Wayne, but let's get you on this hook. And, and I want to be able to hopefully uh, be able to still do that. I know I've done it, but hopefully continue to do that with young people, let them know, like, listen, you ain't got to wait till you're an adult. You don't have to wait till you can start reading books now You can start doing the research and work on it now. So that would be.
1: To that point. I mean, in, in real life, I think about how I got my start in media and journalism. It wasn't because I wish it was because my daddy was the editor at the local newspaper. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have those connections. So I had to just get started by starting and like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you like just do it like believe in yourself and go and yeah, just go
0: absolutely i so I, i'm just a firm believer of just going for it you know what i mean and with no fear because sometimes um people look at fear as it as a negative but if you use if you use fear properly it works for you um yeah. i think people just miss it
1: what but you that? need break it down to use fear properly
0: To use fear properly is in the sense of, uh, for example, fear is what allows you not to get hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because because in fear, you decide to go back to common sense. So now we look both ways. But because of fear is why that happens. And I think that a lot of times people just, they they let fear paralyze them. Like when I do stand-up, I'm nervous every night. Because the new audience, I don't know if people are gonna laugh, but the thing that allows me to go up and perform that hour or whatever it is is because I know I've done the work. Mm-hmm. So when you do the work, it creates. Uh, I'm telling. I got. I, I got you. I think about I, it was time. I, I, I love have,
1: all of this. Oh my goodness. I'm, I
0: get it. I'm very. <laughs> the point is, is that when people do the work, it creates. For ourselves, quote unquote, like a safety net um, of stability for these things that we are afraid of. But it's hard, like the auditions, the auditions I sit in the car and beat myself up over are the ones where I didn't stay up and I didn't study. I decided to, you know, maybe shut it down early. I decided to go out or whatever it is. And I have to deal with that. Like, dang! I, I, and, and especially when I see the project on film or on TV, I'm like, "Yo, I didn't, I didn't do the work for that." You know. And this is early on, but when I do the work, when it's time to walk away from the game, in 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 Kobe language, you're you're able to say, "Cool, I, I'm good," because you know you put everything on the line every night. So when I leave an audition. As long as I know I, I studied and I was very prepared, when I don't get the part, I don't feel no type of way. Because I'm like, yo, I couldn't... Sometimes on the acting side of things, you could just simply not have a look. It don't mean that you're not a good actor. I've had casting mm-hmm. people who I didn't land that particular project uh, that I went out for the first time, but they picked me for something else because they saw me do that. You know what I mean? So, uh it's about it's about laying down the work to help process fear is how I see it.
1: I love that. Speaking of doing the work and landing auditions, the new season of American Soul comes on BET this month, the twenty-sixth, I think. May 26th.
0: Yeah, I think uh May 27th.
1: Twenty-seventh. You'll be portraying Bootsy Collins. I don't know which episode it'll be. I'm not sure if you know which episode in terms of date. But tell me about that. You're a master, impersonator, you're really good at like doing voices and stuff. So what was it like portraying Bootsy Collins?
0: Uh so I got a call and, and this is also just uh knowing how to just be when you your, when you're in your purpose, there are things that that will line up. You know, when you line up, things line up. Mm-hmm. And so with this, like I said, I have an audition for any project I've done uh, probably within the last five years um, minus this other newer series but I got a call from casting they say yo we would like you to come in and play Boosie Collins I was like alright you know and I started uh, I did my homework started researching you know and if you don't know who Bootsy Collins is folks he is a legendary bassist um, just type in Boosey Collins or James Brown and Parliament and everything else Anyway, so I, I fly out To go live in Atlanta to, to shoot this And um, They tell me When I get my trailer I I uh, I realized that there's a guitar there I know he played guitar So I was like, okay, well, this, this is a nice Shiny prop But there was two of them, two guitars there So they had one for uh, the, the, my, the music Music specialist and one for me, because it told me I had to learn these songs. So, uh, and I don't play bass guitar, you know. Well, I, Sorry, I
1: didn't
0: understand. You don't, you say I, I don't play bass guitar. Oh, wow. But I, I understand music to a little bit. I ain't going to say a lot, a little bit. I understand a little bit. So anyway, I had to I learned the fingering for the music, whatever. And um, me, Darius McCrae, Darius McCray is the guy who plays the brother on Family Matters. He plays James Brown. We got Young Jock on this. So the episode should be pretty dope, man. Uh, yeah, it's totally different from Ball. It's totally different from anything else. I'm in the wig. I'm in the beard and the whole kind of leather. Can I get a
1: preview of what Boosie sounds like? <laughs>
0: uh, well, I don't know a line. Uh, so Boosie was, uh, let me see. Will's was one of my lines? Yo, baby, everything is cool. <laughs> he's a, he's a, a lady, baby. You know, that's... But yeah, we did, we did some of that, and um, he's just a real... was a really... He's a really dope musician, and I just... I had a lot more respect <laughs> for him.
1: Did you get to, like, work with him, or, or study him, or interact
0: with him? No, I wasn't on set. I did reach out to him, though. Because okay. I, I would have liked to have had a conversation with him, but I don't think... I don't know if that's his account on Instagram, but I did reach out. So... If Boosie sees this, I, I got a lot of respect for him. And uh, I'm sure, along with my Will Smith, my Denzel, my Don Cheeto, uh, my uh, Forrest Whitaker, these are a couple people I'm going to definitely definitely meet and work with and talk with. And Mike Tyson on the list. Floyd <laughs> uh, is on the list. So when this happens, when all these things come, come forth, um, this would definitely be another the viewer zoom that i definitely manifested because i don't have any doubt yeah in the i say um i'm living the things that i say so i'm you know everything is is happening but it, it's all within time you now
1: facts london this was such an amazing interview i don't want to take up all your time but i also don't want to let you go but i have to so gotta ask you the number one question i always ask what's your one piece of advice for the modern hustler
0: uh, one piece of advice for the model, um, for for the modern hustle, hustle would be um, to find out first, find out what you're supposed to do, and mm-hmm. what your gift is. Your gift is the thing that you do, uh, you know, really well with the least amount of effort. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people say, you know, I, you know, they they tell me, you know, man, I do a bunch of things well. I'm like, well. I, Not to be funny, but I do a bunch of things well. But it's not about doing a bunch of things well as much as it is about the thing that fulfills you, the thing that makes you happy. Uh, And so find out what that is and then focus on that. Focus on that and have a discipline. A discipline is those being able to focus is a real thing. Um, because everybody can't do it, and that's why a lot of people, you know, are not really, you know, it, it don't and don't get me wrong. Like I get the regular job, get the nine to five because I had that. I, had, I at one point I was working four jobs while everything was in my mother's garage. You're Jamaican? Jamaican? <laughs> I say, what are you Jamaican? I'm telling you, you know, why Guaguan, yeah. So, <laughs> I had four jobs. I remember, like, all my stuff was in my mother's garage. I had my 06 Ultima, and I was just on a hustle. And, um, you know, so with, find out what your gift is. Go after that with a, a, a disciplined focus because things change. You know, even when, even when it's, it's not looking like it's going crack. Because I was on it. I was on a TV series and I still had a nine to five. So even when people thought that I was just on, you know what I mean? I was in the, I was in the trenches. Uh, you know what I mean? I was on a TV show and I still had $28 at one point in my account. So uh, j- those are three things. Stay focused, go after it, you know, Well actually I'll give you these three. stay humble, Stay focused, stay humble, and keep God first. Those are the three that I got from Chris Tucker, and I keep I keep those with me.
1: You know, so I'm honored. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Oh uh, boom! Hey, this is uh, London Brown, and you're rocking with Bobbybenton.com. Be sure. Be sure to tune in. This is your buddy, your pal, Denzel Washington. Boom.
1: (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. You are so talented. You are so gracious. And when I say you are a powerful speaker, I can't wait to see your TED talk or you in the pulpit or I don't know where God is going to take you, but whoo, you are powerful. I'm so grateful and honored that you share with me. I'm okay. Thank
0: you so much taking time uh, with me, I appreciate it.